This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Rare cancers, like other rare diseases, face the challenges of mustering research attention access to patient and biological materials, and generating the interest of drug developers. Nevertheless, as a group, rare cancers are the leading cause of cancer deaths in the United States. The Rare Cancer Research Foundation is seeking to change the research and development landscape in rare cancer by bringing together patient organizations and researchers and building the necessary pieces needed to advance research and development of therapeutics. We spoke to Barbara Van Hare, Director of Foundation Partnerships at the Rare Cancer Research Foundation, about the rare cancer landscape, how the foundation is forging collaborations between patient groups and researchers, and how its Pattern.org project is developing a crucial source of biological samples to advance research. Barbara, thanks for joining us. Thank you. We're going to talk about Rare Cancer Research Foundation, its Pattern.org project to collect tissue samples from rare cancer patients, and why getting such donations are critical. For people who are not familiar with the Rare Cancer Research Foundation, perhaps you can begin with what the organization is and, and what it does. Sure. Um, we were, the Rare Cancer Research Foundation was started several years ago by a young rare cancer patient who was unexpectedly diagnosed with eye melanoma. And as he was undergoing treatment, he became pretty frustrated that there hadn't been much progress um, in research and treatment for his disease. And he, he continued to learn more about his cancer. He began to become more interested in the entire rare cancer community. And with the research that he did, he actually found what he was seeing in his disease was fairly typical in that research had not progressed post-rare cancers the way it had for common cancers. So instead of starting a foundation just for his cancer, he decided that it would be a good idea to create a foundation that could help provide infrastructure uh, to rare cancer communities in order that a number of different organizations and diseases could get a faster path to new therapies and cures. People think of rare cancers by their very nature affecting small populations, but when I looked at some of the numbers, it was quite surprising. How big a problem do rare cancers represent? Quite a 
quite a, quite a large problem. When you group where cancers together, there are about 25% of the cancer diagnosis in the U.S. each year. But more importantly, they account for about 40% of the cancer deaths. Thank you. When you consider worldwide, the percentages are probably even larger. And in fact, the word rare is a bit of a misnomer. According to the National Cancer Institute, a cancer is considered rare if there are less than 40,000 new cases each year. But most everyone knows of someone that's been affected by a rare cancer because, by definition, rare cancers such as brain, pediatric, stomach, oral, esophageal, pancreatic, and many others are in that criteria. So it's actually a very large health issue that we must address. How difficult are rare cancers to diagnose and treat? The biggest problem is that many rare cancers aren't correctly diagnosed until they are late stage. And there are a variety of reasons for this, um, one being that many rare cancers have similar symptoms that are common to other diseases. And secondly, since inherently the cancers are rare, many doctors haven't ever had experience with them or limited experience, and therefore they may not correctly diagnose the patient. So it's really not uncommon for rare cancer patients to receive several incorrect diagnoses prior to getting the correct one. So what that means in terms of patients may not be accurately diagnosed for a while, and at that point the disease may have progressed to a point that it's maybe impossible to treat. Um, and quite frankly, many rare cancers have limited or in some cases even no therapies available. So even if a patient is diagnosed at an early stage, there may be limited options for treatment. And we really need to change this paradigm. There's an enormous amount of funding and energy going into cancer research today and the, into the development of new therapies. Where do rare cancers fit into this continuum? Are they benefiting from this work, or are they being neglected? Most of the funding for cancer research is allocated to more common cancers that affect larger groups of the population. Because in most cases, there really isn't a financial return for medical institutions or biotech or even big pharma to focus on rare cancer types. So since patients as well as funding are in limited supply, it's really hard for underrepresented patient community and underrepresented demographics to be included in high-impact research. And so we here at the Rare Cancer Research Foundation are really focused on eliminating the barriers that exist so that these lower prevalence cancers or unique subtypes of common cancers can be included in critical research in order to find new treatments, and ultimately cures. In the rare disease world, there's a belief and evidence that studying rare diseases has the potential to elucidate a greater understanding of more common diseases and, and opens up paths to new therapies. Is there a case to make in that sense about studying rare cancers? Absolutely. As we begin to better understand both the molecular and genetic basis of individual cancers, we're finding that there may be commonalities that 
we didn't realize existed there before. So, for instance, historically, cancers have been classified by where they started in the body. Although, as technology has advanced, it's now known that certain genetic mutations may be shared among these different cancers from totally different parts of the body that previously there was no known connection. So by sharing data and learning from both common cancers and rare cancers, it's very likely there'll be learnings that are helpful to both those cancers that are more prevalent and those that are considered orphan or less prevalent. Well, let's, let's talk about pattern.org. What is pattern.org? Okay. At its core is a pattern. A pattern bridges the gap between patients and researchers, enabling cancer patients to direct their tumor tissue and medical data to high-impact research projects. Pattern is actually unconstrained by geography, so patients can consent to donate their tissue and fluids from literally any institution where they're receiving care. So whether it be a community, regional, or academic hospital, anywhere in the continental U.S., Pattern can work to obtain their tissue and fluids. So that means that cancers that may affect a limited number of patients or demographic groups whether that's a few hundred or a few thousand patients a year, can now be included in research regardless of where the patient is receiving treatment. And pattern was built so that it's flexible, so that research studies from numerous labs can be loaded onto the platform. And those different studies May, some may utilize breast tumor tissue from a surgical resection, may be able to utilize full effusion and ascites fluid from drains, blood from patient jaws, or even stored tissue that's been frozen or embedded in paraffin. So by having the flexibility to collect all the different types of samples, It'll, and from collecting from institutions across the U.S., it has the flexibility for more patients to be able to contribute to research that may never have had that opportunity before. How did Pattern.org come about, and, and how does it fit into the broader mission of the Rare Cancer Research Foundation? When the foundation was originally started, there was a lot of work done to see the best way to try to help move research forward faster across all different types of rare cancer indications. So interviews were done with research foundations, with patients, um, with researchers, and one of the things that constantly came up from the researchers and kind of was at the top of their list in terms of tissue was the last tissue primarily due to the fact that they affect smaller patient populations and in many cases, these researchers weren't patients of other institutions. So pattern.org was created to challenge that existing um, kind of status quo in terms of the feasibility and cost um, and open up and enable underrepresented patient populations to contribute and have greater inclusion in and impact on research. 
And why does getting access to these tissue samples matter so much? It's critical to research. Um, so as a direct-to-patient initiative, having enabled patients literally to become partners in research. And this is so powerful because it helps unlock what's traditionally been very difficult, if not impossible, to reach resources for scientists. The scientists need these patient samples to learn more about the disease, and as a result of learning more about the disease, finding new and better therapeutic options. One of the key reasons that rare cancer research has been somewhat stymied. And so for the researchers, it's been critical. And for the patients, these scientists and their work are critical in order for discoveries, new discoveries to occur, and therefore new treatments and potentially cures. So patterning helps bring the two groups together, which is a win-win for everyone involved. Researchers get the samples, they do their research, they have learnings, and as a result, hopefully new therapies and potentially cures can occur. And how does the donation process work? What does a patient need to do to donate tissue? Well, first and foremost, our goal is to keep it as simple and as easy as possible for the patient because we truly believe their focus should be on their health. So... All a patient really needs to do is go to pattern.org. They fill out some basic information, such as their name, their birth date, their email, and their cancer indication. And based on that, we'll match them to a study that's specific for their disease. Once they're matched, and they're matched right away, if there is one available, to a particular study, they can then read about the study, and if they so choose, they can electronically find the consent for that study right there online at pattern.org. Um, it's all contained on the Pattern website, and so it's a pretty simple process, and most patients tell us it takes less than 10 minutes to complete. Is there anything else a, a patient needs to provide other than their tissue? Really, once a patient consents, that's all they have to do. We'll be notified once a patient consents, and then we'll start working on all the biologistics, working with the appropriate doctors and staff at their designated institution. Um, we'll handle all of those details, and then we'll ensure the samples are delivered to the consented study. We'll also work to obtain any relevant medical history the patient has agreed to release. So we really, truly try to make it simple for the patient. What happens to the tissue samples once they're donated? That will vary by the study the patient's consented to. So, um, for example, in the case of donations through pattern to our initial pilot project at the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard, we partnered with them on their cancer cell line project. And any tissues and fluids donated there uh, will be used to create cancer models. Um, those models would be either organized or cell lines. Um, and from those, the board will try to learn about as much as they can about the disease and potentially even provide drug screening to test potential new therapeutic options. Any and all learning, so any models that are created, 
um, any of the additional research that is being done, including genetic sequencing, all of that, the learnings, any medical data we've collected, and the models themselves, um, in the case of this project, will be deposited into a biorepository um, here in the U.S. and Virginia and shared with researchers worldwide. There are, I'm sorry, go ahead. And details about the specifics of each project are detailed in the online consent, but if patients have any questions, either as they're going through the consent process or after, they can always reach out to us through our online chat function or email or through a phone call. There are plenty of rare disease there are many organizations that focus on a specific rare cancer. How do you work with these different groups, and is there any way they can leverage your work? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, Pattern currently reaches patients through an exceptional partner network of over 225 advocacy groups and research foundations. And these groups, such as like the National Leomyosarcoma Foundation, they best know how to reach their community, and they have a high level of patient trust because they're really the disease experts that patients rely on after learning about a cancer diagnosis. So patients learn about patterns, work, and relevant studies through the partner's website or social media postings, newsletters, conference conferences, conference calls. Um, and we keep in regular touch with these groups, ensuring that they know the latest learnings um, that have come from uh, various studies, as well as we keep them informed about future study opportunities that may be of interest to them and their patient community. And how broadly have tissue samples been shared with researchers? Um, so currently we have sent about 60 different samples to the Broad Institute. Um, we've been working with them for about the past 16, 17 months. Um, and quite frankly, the first cell lines, if all continues to go well, will be deposited into this biorepository in Virginia by the end of the summer. Um, once they are in that biorepository, they'll be available to researchers worldwide. So we're very hopeful that additional learning uh, will come um, shortly thereafter. It's obviously early days. Is there any sense yet as to the impact this work is having? Um, well, we're very excited about the results of the pilot project with the Broad Cancer um, Cell Line Project. And one of the key things that we've learned that historically, like a take rate to create a cancer cell line for a rare cancer normally has been very low, it's been very difficult, and very long. Although the samples that have been sent to the bro to date, um, it appears that the take rate may be in excess of 40%. So as these initial and future cell lines are created, they become available for drug screening, and we're really hopeful that therapeutic learning won't be far behind. And our ultimate goal really is a world where cancer patients are partners in research, and that they can help to catalyze transformation 
in both their personal cancer outcomes as well as for outcomes for larger cancer communities. So in, in a sense, helping themselves on their cancer journey and hopefully those uh, to wellness as well as to helping others that may have their same diagnosis or other diagnosis in learning that can be applied to other diseases. Barbara Van Hare, Director of Foundation Partnerships at the Rare Cancer Research Foundation. Barbara, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.